Hi, I'm Francine and you're listening to the Pixie Dust Fan Podcast, a podcast where our first topic of conversation will always be Disney. I've been a Disney fan for as long as I can remember and I'm determined to bring more of that Disney magic into my everyday life. So if you need a little extra pixie dust in your day, you've come to the right place. Thanks so much for listening and let's get started. Welcome to episode two of the Pixie Dust Fan Podcast. Today I thought we'd talk a little bit about what it's like for our friends that are not Disney fans. Can you believe that there are people out there that don't love Disney the way we do? Of course there are, and you have them in your life and so do I. These are the people that say things like, are you seriously going to Disney again? Or, I can't believe you spent all that money on a purse just because it had a mouse on it. Or, don't you get tired of it? Yeah, I love these people, but they just don't get it. I have these kind of friends in my life and I put them into sort of buckets. There's three distinct buckets of friends in my life. The first one are the people that I grew up with and met in school. These are people that have been my friends for years. We've been through a lot together and we still have a lot to get through together. We hang out, have barbecues, go to dinner, special events, and we enjoy each other's company. For the most part, they humor me with my Disney addiction and they kind of tease me about it sometimes. When we're trying to arrange to get together, I usually get an email that says, okay, friend, we're thinking about this date. Are you in town or are you in Disney? They always have some kind of smart comment to make about me traveling because they never know when I'm in town because sometimes I just book something and go. The second group of friends are my work friends. And these are the people that I have worked with for a long time. I, I can't call them co-workers anymore because they're more than that. I've worked at the same company for over 20 years and some of these people I've known forever. In fact, it was one of my friends from work that inspired me to start Pixie Dust Fan. I think he was probably getting tired of my ramblings all about Disney and then I was explaining to him how people do things like this full time where they talk about Disney, they write about Disney and he was like, well, why don't you do that? So not that this is anywhere near a full time thing, but that's what started Pixie Dust Fan. He also is the person who makes fun of me for some of my adventures or ideas. He was completely poking fun at me when I bought my button maker because he kept saying, friend, you have no idea how hard this is. You're not going to be able to make like a hundred buttons. No problem. I'm like, sure I am. It's a great investment. So the very first button I made was a Pixie Dust Fan button. And the second one was one that said I did it. And I took them both to work to give to him. And we both kind of laughed because I finally had to admit that he was right that making one button wasn't as fast nor as easy as I had thought it would be. And now he kind of kids me that he has like the first Pixie Dust fan button that was ever made and he's going to sell it for millions on eBay, he says. Um, But he really is a big supporter at work. And I think for the most part, people at work don't get what I'm doing or get the Disney addiction. But um, he at least humors me and supports me. The third group of friends that I have is my Disney community friends. This bucket kind of keeps growing, while the others are kind of pretty static. This is the community of Disney-loving fans that I have met and built a real bond with, one that even exists outside of the parks. But we share that love of Disney, and some of my very best friends sit in this category. It's fun to have people that share the same addiction and, dare I call it, like an obsession. 
They're willing to talk Disney all day and every day, and we have spent hours doing it. They're the first to send me a picture of a newly released Dooney or a Haunted Mansion t-shirt that they saw online. They send me video clips when they're in the park and I'm not, uh, usually of my favorite attractions or a picture of what they're eating. And they're also the people that will pick up the merchandise for me when I'm not there and they are. They'll stand in line to get me what it is I need and I do the same for them. Oh, and they're total enablers. So when I say, hmm, should I book a last minute trip? Just, you know, one for the weekend or something. You know, it's probably not a good idea to take another day off work, but I probably can't afford it. But should I do it? And they're like, of course you should. You need to do it. Your Pixie Dust fans want pictures. Or they're also the friends that enable me and actually convince me that what I really need to do is to go to California for the expo for one day and then maybe spend three days in Star Wars Galaxy's Edge at Disneyland because the crowds will be better. Oh, and then maybe why wouldn't we just fly from California to Orlando to go and visit Walt Disney World at the same time when Galaxy's Edge is opening over there? Because that would be an epic adventure. Yeah, those are my Disney-loving friends. And they're the people that you'll hear on this podcast in the future where we're going to have some serious debates about what to buy, where the best cupcake is, or if Space Mountain is better in Disneyland or Walt Disney World. Believe me, we could have these debates for hours. And in fact, we have. (laughs) I think the friends in groups one and two, the school friends and the work friends, are the ones that have sort of had to just accept my Disney addiction for what it is. There's things that they had to deal with that my Disney friends don't have to consider. So I really have 10 things that I have to explain to people when we start a friendship and they're not a Disney addict. Here's my 10 things. Number one, no matter what, I will always be wearing something Disney related. It might be as subtle as my Alex and Annie bracelet or my Mickey Mouse watch, but I'm always carrying a Disney Dooney bag or I've got some kind of Disney t-shirt on. And it's really like, it's not a joke. In my house, I have two separate closets. I have a work closet and my park slash Disney closet. And my wardrobes, they're two distinct wardrobes, but there's nothing in between. I don't have some of that sort of casual dressy outfit that you see people wearing to work. And I always wonder where they get these outfits, but I have my work clothes and then I have my Disney clothes. So if I'm not at work, I'm getting dressed out of that other closet, the one with all my Disney stuff in it. So if we're going out together somewhere and it's not appropriate for work clothes, then I'm in my Disney clothes and you're just going to have to get used to that. Number two, if you visit my house, you're going to feel like you walked into a place decorated by the Disney Imagineers themselves. My cutlery is Disney shaped. It's got Mickey heads in it. And those are Mickey's hands holding the soap and the towel rack in my bathroom. Yes, when you walk in the door, there's a big foolish mortal sign. And that picture is me turning from me into a ghost. I have artwork on the wall and I have Walt quotes all over the place. And then I have some subtle Disney touches that maybe you wouldn't notice. If you're not a Disney fan, you probably won't appreciate that piece of scrap metal that I have in my curio cabinet. But that scrap metal was directly from a Walt Disney's train tracks that he had in his backyard. I love this and I hold on to it and keep it in my cabinet. 
Do you remember those curio cabinets, those things that everybody sort of had in the 80s where they put all their figurines in them and the, the Royal Dalton figurines and the stuff from the Erebus stores? Yeah, I still have one in my living room and it has all of my Disney figures in it. I have some glass slippers that I got for my 21st birthday. I have my pins from the Walk and Waltz Footsteps Tour. I have all of my Royal Dalton figures, castles, all sorts of stuff. And then I have the things that really bring back so many memories for me. One of them is a huge Tinkerbell statue. So my Tinkerbell statue was something that I bought for myself on one of my first Disney cruises. I think it was my second Disney cruise. And we were on the cruise celebrating my sister's 50th birthday. And we went into the, the theater to watch Who Wants to Be a Mouseketeer? And it was the whole Who Wants to Be a Millionaire kind of theme. So they were doing the whole Who Wants to Be a Mouseketeer? And the first two contestants they brought up on stage, brought their children with them, and they answered a bunch of questions. At the end of the contest, you could have won a free cruise. So they did pretty well. They answered a few questions and then they took their money and left. Then they picked the third contestant and it's my seat number. I could have crawled into a hole because I'm thinking, I don't want to go up on stage in front of hundreds of people and answer any kind of questions. But by this time, they were already up next to my seat and saying, come on down. And then they asked me, do you have a child with you? And of course I didn't. So even more embarrassing, but... I went down, I got on stage, and I did not too bad. So I answered a bunch of questions. And when I got to, the one question was, how many penguins are dancing with Bert in Mary Poppins? And much to my surprise, I answered it correctly. And then I thought to myself, this is only gonna get harder from here. So I decided to cash out my winnings and go to the gift shop. I had been eyeing this little statue of Tinkerbell the night before, but it was like $150 and I thought, I don't want to spend that kind of money on a statue. But then the next day, I just won that kind of money. So I bought it for myself. And it's one of those things that when I look in my cupboard, it just, it makes me smile and it brings back those memories. And I feel pretty good about the fact that I got up on stage in front of all these people and I didn't choke. So yeah, if you want to hear every story attached to the items in my house, I'm more than happy to share them with you. But I suspect you don't want to hear them but I think my Disney friends might. Which brings me to point number three. I will manage to bring something Disney into almost all of our conversations. In fact, the other day at work, I thought I have brought up Disney, I don't know how many times today, and I think I need to start counting them, like to see how obsessive this really is. Like if you and I are going to the mall together and we're having trouble finding a parking spot, it's the perfect time for me to explain to you the whole methodology behind the Magic Kingdom parking and why the parking spots are slanted and why they make everyone walk in front of the cars and how they can help you find your car if you don't remember where you parked it and how they can empty that whole parking lot at the end of the night in such short order because it's that efficient. What else would be a perfect conversation when we're looking for a parking spot in the mall? Of course I'm going to tell you all about this. Number four, you cannot be embarrassed when we're out in public and my phone rings. Listen to my ringtone. Now, my Disney loving friends are going to recognize that from the Haunted Mansion. That's one of my favorite attractions at the Magic Kingdom, and it always just makes me feel good when my phone rings and I hear that. 
However, I know that it can be a little bit off-putting when you're in a big place and it's very quiet and that rings and everybody turns around. But you know what the coolest part is? When people turn around and they go, hey, cool ringtone. And you realize that you've got another Disney fanatic just steps away and you didn't even know it. I've met some really great people just out at the mall or in the elevator and they turn to me and they see my Dooney or they hear my ringtone. And before you know it, we're chatting about Disney and they're another Disney fanatic too. So if you're going to be out with me, you can't be embarrassed by any of these things or the interactions that come with them. And if we happen to be in a Disney store when this happens, it's epic proportions, especially when you're in there and everybody's in there to get some limited release thing. Yeah, we all know each other. Number five. 90% of my personal Facebook feed is going to be Disney related. I have moved a lot of my obsession over to my Pixie Dust fan page. So when I'm in the parks or even day to day, I share really all of that stuff on there. But there is still some stuff that I share on my personal feed that my non-Disney friends probably get a little sick of, especially when I'm on vacation. So when I'm on vacation and I'm trying to communicate with my Disney friends, I'm trying to show them what cupcake I had for lunch or where I'm eating dinner and I do that on my personal feed. Well, my non-Disney friends think maybe it's a little much, but I don't think so. See, my friend Anna, when she visits Walt Disney World, it's like she always takes me with her because Anna will go and she'll check in at the different attractions when she gets there. So in the morning we might start out on the Jungle Cruise and then she goes over to the Pirates and then next is Big Thunder and then I know she's going to go to the Haunted Mansion. And I watch and I check it, I see her check-ins all day and it kind of makes me feel like I'm there with her. But I get that for the non-Disney people on my feed, it might be a bit overwhelming. So next time we're chatting, I'll show you where you can sort of mute me for a little bit while I'm on vacation. Number six, when you get in my car, we are listening to something Disney related. So if I have a passenger in my car and we're gonna have a conversation, I usually have some kind of Disney music on in the background something that we can talk over. If I'm in the car by myself, then it's generally the ballads, I'm belting out the songs, or I have a Disney podcast on. Any one of those things are playing on my radio. It's my car, my rules. But I have discovered recently that it, it really makes a difference to my outlook and the beginning of my day to turn off the news. I don't listen to the news and the traffic reports anymore on my way to work. While I'm sitting in this horrible traffic that is Toronto, it's just too much and it makes me anxious. So with my Disney music on and I'm singing along, I find that I'm in a much better place by the time I get to work. Number seven, don't say to me, you're going to Disney again? Don't you want to try somewhere else? Yes, I'm going again and it's not going to be the last time. And FYI, I didn't ask you, you're going to the cottage again? Weren't you just there last weekend? Or, hey, how come you're going camping again? You did that last month. I don't say those things to you because I just assume you're going and repeating this activity because you love it. Why can't you say the same for me? I do eat in different countries and I do walk around the world and I see it all every time I go to Epcot. It's funny, a couple of years ago, I was in Epcot with my nephew, Andrew, and we stopped in Germany for a beer and I took a picture, posted it on Facebook and said, Andrew and I in Germany having a beer. And I can't believe my Facebook blew up. People were asking, 
Oh, this is great. Why did you decide to go to Germany? This is fantastic. You're not in Disney again. I'm shocked you're not in Disney. And after I stopped laughing, I had to go back and say to them, guys, I am in Disney. I told you that I see the world when I come here. I'm in Epcot. And in five minutes, I can be in Mexico. <laughs> yeah, that's the beauty of Disney. And that's one of the reasons I'm going again. I can't count how many times I have been to Walt Disney World. I have lost track. And yet every time I go, I see something new, I learn something new, and I experience something different. I make memories every time I go, and that's what's important to me. So when you say to me, you're going to Disney again, you bet I am, and I can't wait. Number eight, don't ask me, isn't Disney just for kids? It isn't. Let me tell you, it totally isn't. Although really, adults are just grown-up kids anyways. Unless you want a 20 minute tirade from me and a full rundown of the food and wine festival, I would suggest you don't even go there. But I can tell you, Walt Disney World, Disney Cruise Line, Disneyland, there is plenty of stuff for adults. It's tar they've got so much targeted stuff for adults. The food and wine festival aside, the flower and garden festival, really, I can't imagine too many kids being all hyped up to go and see the topiaries. But it's incredible. The festival of the arts you can't appreciate that as a child it's really dedicated to the adults and if you don't want to go to any of the festivals at epcot there are so many culinary experiences that you could have or you could go and enjoy the senses spa massages facials and then maybe a lovely afternoon tea at the grand floridian if you're a golfer they have pga courses i wouldn't know i've never been on them i've seen them i've driven by them but I've never been on them. But those aren't dedicated to the kids. These are adult activities. While kids are really generally accepted almost everywhere at Walt Disney World, there are activities that only the adults could appreciate and understand. Disney Cruise Line has whole sections of the ship that are cornered off just for the adults. And on their private island, yeah, there's a whole beach for adults only. There are plenty of reasons to go to Walt Disney World without children. In fact, I find it exhausting when you have children with you. But this is not just for kids. So don't ask me unless you want a laundry list of reasons why. Number nine, don't ask me how I afford it unless you want to have a whole conversation about your finances as well. I don't ask you how you pay for the car you drive or the food you eat. So why do you think it's okay to ask me how I afford to go on vacation? It's funny, it used to really offend me when people would ask me this question. But I finally just gave up and said, you know what, I'm going to tell you how I do it. I prioritize my Disney trips over other things that you might find important. I will go and buy no-name garbage bags. And my washing machine that's sort of been on the fritz because it's been in my house for 10 years and it was the washing machine that came with my house when I bought it. Yeah, I have two choices. I could probably spend between four and $500 on a repairman coming out and visiting and fixing it. Or every time it sort of stops mid-cycle, I run downstairs and I press stop, start, stop, start, stop, start, and then it goes again. So I could save that four to $500, which is really the price of round trip flights for me to go to Orlando. Yeah, I'll run up and down the stairs and do that every time I'm doing laundry because I prioritize that over fixing my washing machine. I also did something else that helps me afford my Disney vacations, and that was quitting smoking. So I smoked for 
I guess over 30 years, I was a smoker. And when I finally decided to quit, I looked at how much money I had literally been burning every single month. And it was somewhere between $350 and $400. Well, like I said, that's the price of round trip airfare if I can get a good sale. So in my mind, I can afford to go to Walt Disney World every month. And that's really how I've managed to stay being a non-smoker. Let me tell you, it was one of the hardest things I ever did. And every day I want to go back. Every day I want a cigarette, but I don't. And the reason and the only thing that keeps me from doing it is the fact that I keep saying to myself, well, technically you could fly down for a weekend and it's the same price that you would have been spending on cigarettes. So I can't go back to smoking because I love Disney too much. Number 10. If you're feeling down or not quite feeling yourself, I'm going to quote Walt Disney or I'm going to recommend some certain Disney movies that I think you should watch that are going to lift your spirits. You know, those are the things that make me feel better when I'm down, so I can only assume that it's going to do the same for you. You just need a little bit extra magic in your life. And don't worry, I got you covered. I know just the place to get some, you know, because if you can dream it, you can do it. There is sort of a bonus one that I have to be specific with my friends and give them sort of tip number 11. There's something specific that goes along with being friends with me while I'm doing Pixie Dust Van. I was out with my nephew at the post office, Andrew, and we go to the post office all the time because he buys and sells trading cards. If you follow me on Instagram, you might notice that we're always either at the post office or I'm sitting in my car taking pictures of traffic while I'm waiting for him to run in and get a burrito somewhere. Anyway, we were out for dinner one night. Uh, we just eat at the food court in the mall when we go to the post office and it's sort of our quality bonding time. But he was giving me the gears because I was taking a picture of my food and he's like, oh my gosh, I get that you do this when you're in the parks, but why you gotta do it here? And I said, well, Andrew, people wanna know what I'm up to tonight. And it just kind of dawned on me that when I'm out, even in Toronto, when I'm, I'm just my day-to-day -day life, I'm always replying to comments or posting things or, you know, sharing my day with people. And that means that if we're hanging out together, you might have to be in a picture or you might have to take a picture or just kind of participate with me and just give me a few minutes to do this because it really does make me happy. I love doing this kind of stuff and interacting with everybody online. So that's why I do it. So yes, there's a specific little clause if you wanna be friends with me when I'm doing my Pixie Dust Fan stuff, and that's pretty much 365 days a year. Well, there you have it. These are my tips for how to be friends with a Disney fanatic. Do you think I missed anything? Was there something that you would include that I didn't cover? You're gonna to have to let me know for sure. I wanted to close out the episode with something that it's an idea that my friend Katie has and she has it on her podcast called the most delightful thoughts podcast. If you haven't listened to her, you should go check her out. And at the end of every episode, she asks her guests to share something that they found delightful in their life. And it could be something small. It could be a new recipe or a new TV show or a lipstick they bought. It could be anything, but it's their way of sharing something that maybe would bring joy to somebody else that's listening. And I asked Katie, I've been on her show a couple of times and I had a ball and I asked her if she would mind if I used the same idea on my podcast where we share something that, you know, just made us happy. So she was very happy, said go for it. And um, she's always been a great support. So please go check her out. 
So I wanted to share my sort of little bit of happiness that, that came to me today, actually. Um, so I'm recording this at the end of July and I have just booked my flights for Disneyland. I'm going to California. And I had got a MasterCard, a WestJet MasterCard, probably two or three months ago. And I didn't know how the rewards work. I'm not one for reading like all the fine print or figuring these things out. I'm kind of somebody once I, you know, I just get something and then I write it out and see how it goes. So I got this WestJet MasterCard and I've been paying some bills with it. And I went to book my flight to California. And when I signed on to book my flight, it was not a bad price. And when I got to the payment screen, it said, would you like to use your WestJet rewards? And I have like $300 in WestJet rewards. And it said the maximum I could use on this flight was like 170. So I got $170 off my flight on WestJet just by using my MasterCard. And I didn't do anything, I didn't pay any extra. It was just like this added bonus. So then my flight ended up being like $120, which was fantastic. It was such a great surprise. And it really obviously made me happy because I saved all that money. But I love it when you can get those rewards and they just work. So many rewards cards, I find like there's too many hoops to jump and it makes it really difficult to redeem them and you can redeem your points, but only so much on certain flights and it's not all flights. Like this one, I never even thought. I didn't even realize I had WestJet rewards, let alone that I could use them on any flight. So when I got to that payment screen, it was such an amazing feeling to find out, hey, I haven't been doing anything except paying my bills and lo and behold, I have all these WestJet dollars. So if you haven't done it, you should really look into some of your credit cards to see if they've got any kind of specific airline or rewards program that you can sign up for. I used to be a member of the Aeroplan, but they're kind of changing that one around for you, for those of you that are in Canada. Like they're changing a lot of that stuff around and I don't understand it. And when things get complicated like that, I just can't even follow it and I feel like it's not worth it. So I just decided to switch to WestJet and it worked out. So that's my thing that brought me some happiness today. Make sure you're going to check out your credit cards too. If you're still listening, you've made it all the way to the end of my podcast and I am so thankful for your time today. I have to be honest, I'm a nervous wreck about launching this podcast. I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm editing the audio myself. I hope it's decent quality and I hope that you enjoy the topics and how it went today. I was really, truly nervous, but I feel like it's something I'm just gonna give it a shot and see how it goes. So if you've made it all the way to the end, I thank you so much. If you enjoyed it, please go rate and review on iTunes or whatever platform you're listening on. That's kind of how you're gonna let me know that you like the podcast, and it will also let iTunes know that maybe it's something that other people might enjoy as well. I hope that you'll stay tuned for the next episodes and join me as I embark in this new journey. It's going to be a blast. Thanks again. Thank you so much for listening to the Pixie Dust Fan Podcast. I am so grateful for the time that you shared with me today. If you enjoyed the episode, I'd really appreciate if you could rate and review on whatever platform you're listening on. Reviews are really important in the podcast world. If you want to interact between podcast episodes, you can find me on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram as Pixie Dust Fan, and you can always find my blogs and show notes on pixiedustfan.com. Till next time, remember that you are never too old to be young. Chase your dreams and design your own happily ever after.